0: Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Okay, welcome to the show today. Um, I am joined by two wonderful guys who, like me, they are wearing headsets. So we're like three Britney Spears sat on a Zoom call waiting for to have a little chat. We're going to find out a little bit about their business. It's Brian and Neil, and they are from the Recruitment Geeks. So I'm, I'm guessing they're self-proclaimed geeks in the world of recruitment. Let's find out a little bit more. We'll go to Neil first to tell us about the business.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we are the Recruitment Geeks, as you said. Um, We're predominantly sort of a STEM-focused recruitment agency. Um, And, yeah, we are all kind of a little bit self-proclaimed kind of geeks in one way or another. But the overall idea was to have a sort of a geek, as it were, that covers each sector and becomes the go-to geek. Uh, for the sectors that they cover. But as a business, we cover sort of IT technology, uh, education, um, engineering. Um, we cover sort of the creative kind of industries and things like that as well. And also venturing into mining and things like that.
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting you say education because I had a look at your website and it's very 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 flashy nice video as you come on to it and everything and then it comes up with the two different brands recruitment geeks and education geeks so tell us about the education side of it
1: yeah education geeks is sort of um another brand to the kind of overall um kind of recruitment geeks side of things that we're trying to build but covid's obviously gotten a little bit in the way of that at the moment with the schools all being shut and stuff like that that's probably going to be a supply and long-term contract kind of teacher agency um but yeah obviously if you're at the moment things have <laughs> taken a bit of a, a stop on that um but we're all set up and ready to go once we're kind of able to um so probably i'd say sort of the latter part of this year we'd be um sort of pushing on with that again
0: I was going to actually say, actually, I'll come to Brian. How has COVID impacted this industry? What, what challenge have you faced from that? Oh,
2: grief. COVID has been um, a, a real challenge, but it's also presented a lot of opportunities as well. So you've got, um, obviously, historically, recruitment has been relatively uh, kind of straightforward in the sense of uh, you find a candidate, get their CV, present them to the client, and then the client takes over with the interview process and onboarding um and uh relatively plug and play in that respect. But <clears throat> what COVID has done is kind of accelerated the progression of recruitment and uh hiring generally. Um so there's there's a multitude of factors that play into this. So um, on one front, you've got the fact that uh, companies don't necessarily want to have people visiting their their offices uh, unless they're really progressed into the recruitment phase. So you might only have one or two face to face interviews. So how on earth do you go about facilitating the process and getting people actually introduced to each other when they can't be anywhere near each other? And then. You also look at the um, the opportunities that are being presented, and this is one that I'm really interested in at the moment and quite passionate about this. Um, so SMEs historically have always had a relatively small amount of talent to, um, and to attract and play with. Um, it tends to be people who are local, tends to be people who already understand that By not chasing off to a big city and and a large company, they're they're having to trade off. And actually, what we now have with the uh, evolution of the talent market over the last sort of 11 months is that companies are now starting to realize that they don't have to just attract local talent and they're actually competing nationally and maybe even internationally and they don't necessarily have to employ people who are just 10 20 minutes down the road and they can attract people who have sort of superstar talents that they wouldn't normally be able to consider and as long as they get their offer as an employer right and they be sensible about what they're trying to do the world is really their oyster now.
1: We've also had lots of people there, you know, they've done the whole interview process remotely and onboarding remotely and never stepped foot near the company that they're working for. Not even in the same city or anything like that. It's different times. It's good.
0: <laughs> it is different times. And a lot of us didn't think... That we could do this before but we've been forced into it so um it's like it's opened a, a, a whole load of new doors for people so how did i'll go to neil first with this one how did this company start tell us your background neil
1: yeah i worked for a recruitment company in exeter for five years um it was purely it technology recruitment um and living in plymouth I kind of got fed up of that drive. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fine for sort of four or five years and then it really starts getting a bit annoying. Um, so I joined a company in Plymouth um, and Brian worked there. Um, so we met there and yeah, just after a couple of years it was time to kind of set up on my own. Um, so yeah, the recruitment geek started with me in a kind of tiny shoebox-sized office. Um and then yeah, over the last four years we've kind of grown to where we are now and there's ten of us. And wow. yeah, this uh, it's growing really nicely at the moment. Um we've literally just moved into a new office in the last couple of weeks. Um to obviously give us a bit more space with the distancing and things like that. Um and yeah, we've just kind of outgrown the office that we were in. Um and yeah, ready to, to crack up again really now that the world's yep. woken back up properly.
0: Yeah, now we've got a little roadmap, so to speak, when things are starting to open. I suppose people are getting things in place. So, um, Brian, yeah, obviously we've just heard that Neil met you in the same place in Exeter. So you obviously got on well, the two of you. You can, you can say that he's a nice guy, even though he is, he on is a the, nice the, guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can pay me the tenner later that he owes me now.
0: Hang on, it was payday today. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Brilliant. Um, through, or with the different industries that you work for and that you provide recruitment for, which industry do you find the most challenging to fill recruitment positions for? Is there
2: one? I think I think one area that really is um, challenging at the moment is accountancy and finance, and I think there's a number of factors playing into that. So going back to the STEM focus, that would be the the maths part of that stem Um, and i think what we're finding is that a lot of um experienced and well-qualified candidates are not necessarily very keen to move away from a role if they're securely in post and and what that does mean is that um if i if i roll back to january 2020 um the unemployment figures across the uk were actually at the lowest kind of level they'd been for years and years And um, I think the average across the entire country was 3.4% unemployment. Um, So it was very much a candidate driven market. um, And employers really had to offer a compelling um, business case for somebody to come and join them. And uh, within accountancy and finance, that definitely seems to sort of be the situation even now. And I think it's possibly even exacerbated by the COVID situation with people just wanting to sit tight and be very um, cautious about their next career move and we have an accountancy and finance specialist who um, is uh, he was actually that's his degree subject and he's been in that industry uh, and he's sort of tearing what's left of his hair out over the state of play with candidates at the moment and trying to work out innovative ways to attract candidates to new opportunities Um, would you agree with that Neil
1: yeah definitely the yeah the accounting and finance side has definitely been a the slowest one um whereas all the the other markets we touch obviously other than education um <laughs> has been sort of full steam ahead so yeah it's um yeah certainly the challenging one
0: okay is is there a specific industry that are more frequently looking for recruitment services than others i
1: mean the uh, i t has always been a busy a busy industry um, ever since I've I've been dealing with it. And I'd say that would probably be our busiest side. Um, but also we, we do quite a lot in white collar construction as well. That is very, um, at the moment with surveyors and things like that. So yeah, I'd say we're across the board. is pretty busy at the minute.
0: That's pretty good. And have you found, uh, obviously we've touched on the COVID thing, but have you found a different, there's been different types of jobs become available since the, 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 the virtual world has come about?
1: Definitely a lot more remote jobs um, where, you know, historically maybe they weren't, you know, especially a lot of companies that, like Brian touched on a little bit earlier that, you know, before weren't so keen on home workers and things like that and just had that small geographical area that they looked at their candidates for. Um, whereas now, yeah, the companies are seeing the benefits of working from home and people working from home and it's opened that net up a bit um also we the one issue we are we are we have been getting is people maybe long term not wanting to return to an office which is a mm. another tricky point that we're going to get over the next sort of 12 months i think is things transition back to something normal ish um but yeah that's going to be another challenge
0: uh interesting this is this is definitely an industry that could never get boring is it because it's, it's different every no. day by the sounds of it <laughs>
1: oh there's always something like i've been doing this for like 10 years and yeah i see even sometimes i still do stuff that i'm like really (laughs) Um, or i didn't or just things that come out of you know come from a i think i've seen i think that i've seen every angle or every different scenario that can happen and then even i get surprised sometimes i'm just like wow okay didn't see that happening um
0: that's good it keeps you interested keeps you on your toes
1: (laughs) yeah and i'm i'm quite a kind of person so I just you know I take the the good with the bad and it, you know I'm quite stay in the middle but this this industry can certainly um, if you're quite a volatile person I suppose you could it could send you send you a bit crazy
0: <laughs> so Brian um, take me now on the the, the the customer journey so to speak so say I'm a business coming to you uh, to recruit some staff what's the process what do you do then in the background
2: okay so so um it's really interesting, actually, because the industry generally um, kind of works on the, on similar models. So you have um, contingent recruitment, which is what everybody thinks of when they think of recruitment, which is that that real um, brief five or six different recruitment companies on, on your vacancy. They advertise, they kind of draw up shortlists and then they just throw CVs at you. And they will probably be involved with organizing interviews, managing the offer process and everything else. But it's very much of a muchness. We try and be a little different. So we're uh, going back to our geekiness. um, (laughs) The recruitment system that we have selected is really uh, very much at the leading edge of what recruitment companies are able to access. And so when when we're briefed on a role, um, we can actually give the client a back door into our system and it's very interactive and it's the same for candidates as well so gdpr for example is a massive issue within recruitment and a lot of companies fall short on on complying with the law because they'll find a cv online um, the law is actually quite clear that you can't represent a candidate until they've given you authority to do so and a lot of companies have fallen foul because they will in the speed to respond to a vacancy we will just fire CVs off to clients and they haven't actually asked first. Um, whereas we, we operate a granular permission level on a job by job basis. So every candidate has full control over what we're doing. Every client has full control as well. We're really approachable people Um, And we're also very honest. So if you brief us on a role and we don't feel that it's something that we can help with, we will be very clear on that from the get go. Um, So we'll start to advertise for you. Um, We will communicate with you to make sure that uh, we've understood your requirements exactly. We will try and dig underneath to understand some of the strategic decisions that you're making as an employer and as a business so that we We're not necessarily filling the role that you have today, but we're filling the role that's going to evolve with your company over the next 12, 18, 24 months. Um, When it comes to shortlisting, our system produces a shortlist and it it has within the Client portal, um, a system called the Live List. So when we submit that shortlist of candidates, um, the client can actually log into our system from where they are 24 7. They have the full candidate profile, the CVs, they can rate them, rank them, share them with their colleagues, and they can even book interviews through our system without having to pick up a phone. So they They put in their their sort of proposed interview schedule, hit a button, uh, the candidate gets an email, we get an email, and as soon as the candidate says, yes, I can attend, then everybody gets a confirmation and the interview is all set up within our system. It's just a smarter way of working, and it gives extra options, and and then the system kind of moves with us throughout that process right the way through to offer, um, and I haven't even touched on another thing that we've uh, added recently, which is Odro. Um, so we can set up video interviews and facilitate those remotely in a in a sort of software agnostic um, browser-based environment that is really secure, uh, complies with all of the GDPR requirements. But also, if the client wants to set up screening questions, we can send those in a written format using Audro to the to the candidate who then records sort of two three minute video clips on their mobile phone and they're time stamped to coordinate with the questions. And then what happens is within the live list, the client can have a link to that interview Um, and they click on that. They've got the CV there on one half of the screen. They're watching the video on the other half and it sort of fills in uh, the blanks within the CV. It provides a real introduction to the candidate that you wouldn't get from other agencies. Um, And it just adds flesh to the bones and and helps with the culture fit aspect of recruitment, which is massively important and is what the high street misses probably 90% of the time. Uh, And it's really exciting. I get really passionate talking about it because I can see that five, six, seven years down the road within the recruitment marketplace, this is going to be the norm for everyone else and we're doing it now
0: think that's brilliant i love that little little thing you just told us about the video aspect of it because it makes such a difference to see uh, as someone who's employed people in my my own business as well it it makes such a difference than just the written word from someone to actually Mm. see their face and see their facial expressions just those little things make such a difference
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it and and that's that's kind of the that's the magic behind the science of recruitment, isn't it? Is that that's what you're paying a recruitment consultant to be able to do is actually take that piece of paper with a bit of ink on it and create the individual for you so that you get a proper picture of what you're potentially going to be meeting in that first interview. Um, and, and we're just sort of trying to help that process and be much more useful for our our clients and our candidates as well because it's the journey for both parties um, the success of the relationship for the employer and the candidate is created at the first point of contact when that candidate is either approached or applies for a role if you get that wrong it's a nasty taste in the mouth and it's never going to be successful. So you need to work with a company that understands the, the sort of level of trust and value that's been placed in, in what they're doing and pays that back to both sides of the, of the coin.
1: Last year, sort of when, you know, recruitment took a real quiet spell, these are all, we, we, sp- We spent a lot of time, especially Brian and myself, um, looking at how we, when we, you know, when the world was going to wake up again, how we could position ourselves nicely um, for that. So all these types of things is is things that we put in in place during the quieter spell of of last year, got the system set up right. So everything works kind of seamlessly. Um, And we're, we're kind of reaping the rewards for that now.
0: I love that you just said when the world was ready to wake up again that's the best phrase i think i've heard during this pandemic <laughs> <laughs> so how how do you how do you market this business what uh, marketing channels do you use that work best for you i mean most of most of our
1: work comes from there's a lot of kind of word of mouth through clients that we've already kind of dealt with but also we have two um purely business development focused people here that they they literally man, they they are in, their sole job is looking at the clients that we already deal with and sort of maximising our relationships with them, um, and the other side of it is looking at new clients that we can partner with, uh, um, and you know, getting introducing our business to them uh, and the way that we work, um, and yeah, getting the the jobs on board for our candidate consultants to then take over and you know deliver what what we've kind of said
0: we'd be able to do. Brilliant. Now, in line with the title of this show, how has networking helped your business would you recommend it
2: absolutely so i think when it comes to networking um i have got more of an affinity with uh networking because that's how i am promoting the recruitment geeks and 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 how i'm looking to actually spin off a, a specialist division of the company and what I'm really finding valuable is building relationships with companies that normally we wouldn't necessarily be approaching for sales, but where we can help them and vice versa through a collaborative relationship. So that leads really nicely onto the spin off that Neil and I are working on in the background, which is to provide a lot of the expert service that uh, large employers can get from uh, managed service provider and RPO relationships, um, but make it accessible and affordable for SMEs. Um, So for example, I I would look to work with an HR consultancy and their clients and almost become an HR business partner for their clients. But uh, when we're looking at their vacancies, we're, we're looking strategically and then we're picking um, training providers and, and development solutions for new hires that get them embedded into the company, provide that level of expertise that's going to help that company really stand out as a, a leader in its marketplace and help the company to grow. And, and what we're looking to do is, is provide the sort of value that you don't get from recruitment companies normally, which is helping it helping business owners to unlock the potential that's already actually inside their business. I look at recruitment as as very much a holistic part of the business's overall success strategy. That new hire, if you're if you're running a small business, every single member of staff that you hire. As a percentage of your overall workforce, they're much more critical than if you're running a company with thousands of people working there. Because if you make a mistake and you have 15,000 staff, three months later, you just say, thank you, bye-bye, and find someone else. Whereas if you've placed all that investment as a percentage of your annual turnover into one person and it doesn't work out... That's an absolute disaster. Um, so getting it right first time is critical, and you've only got one t- one chance to get it right the first time. Um, so that's where we're going to... Um, really have an impact, I feel, and I'm working hard to build up those relationships now. COVID kind of got in the way because the plan with me joining last year was to actually do this from the get-go. We, we parked it, put it on hiatus, uh, and now we're all all uh, all steam ahead again. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of speaking to training providers who work with SMEs, SMEs, um, I'm speaking to large, larger training companies that provide the sort of statutory training. And what we're hoping to do is is make it more affordable by uh, providing a, a volume of business to those providers. Um, and, and we can save costs for our clients as well. And then um, we're also tying that in with uh, effective screening as well to ensure that culture is protected within smaller companies as well because one person who's not fitting that culture is going to have a massive impact on the overall feel of that business so it's really critical that we're um, almost like a puzzle piece making sure that that person fits right into the right hole and you're not jamming in a a square piece where a, a round piece would have gone um so that that's my challenge over the next 12 months how to make that into uh, an established service that is really starting to uh, make headway in the local marketplace
0: brilliant well i think what you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic listening to you in, in a little bit more detail than i have done before the culture you're creating and the journey that you're taking your clients on is just it's perfect so um that i think it sets you apart from the rest so well done to you too uh so let's uh let's finish up by f- finding out how people can get in touch with you so neil tell us how people can contact you both
1: best way is usually you know always pick up the phone <laughs> you know our telephone number is 01752-547985. um or if they want to drop an email over to just info at recruitmentgeeks.com then we'll um, yeah pick that up and, and go from there
0: Awesome guys, thank you very much for being on the show it's been an absolute pleasure I'm just going to take this opportunity now at the end of this episode to tell you about another podcast that I am proud to be a part of this is with two good friends of mine James Twigger and Martin Bignall uh, we started this uh, literally about a month ago it's called Three Dads and a Business Book so make sure you check that out on all of the platforms, any of the platforms that you're using. Uh, We literally peaked at number 64 in the business podcast charts on Apple after just one episode. So if you like your business books, go and check that out. It's a lighthearted review on uh, how good these books are or how bad they are. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast as well, because it helps us get a reach out to more listeners. We'll be back soon for another episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk.